You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. There was a program aired and and John actually watched it. It was called Why Fried and it was on the ABC, as in the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, their Catalyst program, which is their science program. It's a pretty well-regarded program. It's trying to make science accessible to the average person in Australia. They did a program which was kind of judged by some scientists, actually, and university professors and lecturers and specialists in the field as really quite alarmist and bordering on hysterical about the effect of very widely used Wi-Fi and networks that you know a lot of people don't t- ever turn off their Wi-Fi. Is it going to affect your children? For mm. example, should they be sleeping in a room which has got a Wi-Fi yeah. transmitter in it mm. or nearby? Mm. Yeah. Is there a difference in proximity to their brains? Yeah. Is this a sleeper thing that's going to, in 20 years' time, you know, we're going to be wringing our hands going, gee, we were so naive to have just accepted well, this technology it, without really understanding the consequences of it. And in the story, they mm. actually talk about the links back to smoking when we were first learning learning about the dangers of smoking there was still no smoking's fine it's all good and it took some years for the cancers to develop and therefore people to really acknowledge that okay we've got a problem there's a causal link so there are some similarities in that and they did try to play on that a little bit so it's still available on on iview if you want to watch watching it it. from youtube okay so just on youtube on the nexus player just watch it on youtube and it was the abc version of that it's an interesting story there was an article published in theconversation.com the article is entitled do wi-fi and mobile phones really cause cancer experts respond basically a bunch of scientists and and experts on the subject from various universities in new south wales wollongong new south wales and sydney university they've all said that there is really very little evidence to actually support the claim that's being made in the catalyst program this alarmist idea and even the title why fried so you are literally frying your brain by having and and this could be you know phones at mobile phones you know we started with the bricks the brick phones back in 1988 i think mobile cellular phones got Mm -hmm. going in australia Mm -hmm. so we've basically been subjected to these things for a substantial period of time now so coming up to 25 30 years we have more devices now we've got wi-fi in the home so it's it's something really only that's 10 to 15 years old most in most homes we've got our own phone we might have a tablet we might have a laptop that's also a cordless cordless phone cordless phones have been around forever i mean any building you walk past there's going to be a wi-fi signal essentially coming out of that building Mm. so you are exposed to it what they were arguing is that if you have the device too close to your body that will interact with your cells and therefore has the potential to cause cancer what they didn't present was enough statistical evidence to suggest that was actually the case. I think they were clutching at the straws a little bit saying, well, you can't prove it doesn't happen and therefore it must happen. On the opposing argument, we're saying, well, there are studies that some suggest may be slight elevations, but not enough studies to corroborate those studies. So we need to wait for more evidence to come through. That's how I walked away. There needs to be independent studies peer-reviewed that you can repeat and then which is good science Mm. and then get the same conclusions from those and from what i could read this wasn't the case from last night there is cause for concern yes but there's no direct link i can say is going to cause these kind of issues just quoting from the conversation.com's article they asked simon chapman who's a university of sydney dude 
and this is what was said by him in response to the wife ride piece on the catalyst he said dr devra davis who was featured extensively in the catalyst program asserted that it was too early to see any rise in brain cancer caused by mobile phones or wi-fi and argued that brain cancers after the japanese atomic bombs did not appear for 40 years this is simply incorrect there is no evidence of any increase in the rate per 100,000 population of brain cancer in any group in Australia from 1982 to the present. Bear in mind that mobile phones came in from 88 onwards. Yep. Other than the very oldest age group where the increase started well before mobile phones were introduced in Australia and so cannot be explained by mobile phones. All cancer in Australia is notifiable and over 85% of brain cancer is histologically verified. It is not just a doctor's opinion. Yeah. So pretty firm rebuttal of the arguments that were presented in the Catalyst Wife Ride piece. Mm. Well, there you go. That was a piece that we recorded last year. You can listen to it yourself. And we actually include with that a link to the video in question, the Catalyst program Wife Ride. So you can look at that and you can see what the actual, those controversial claims that were being made on that, uh, that peak science program on the ABC. The ABC Catalyst reporter, Marianne Damasi, was actually suspended from the program over what was considered a breach of the editorial standards that apply at the ABC. The name of that podcast on our website is Is Wi-Fi Frying Your Brain? That's from February 2016. Now, I just thought I'd, I'd play that again because there's a couple of things that I've been reading about recently and I don't think it hurts to mention them. You know, there's a few things that we're told. Well, one is, could a mobile phone be causing brain cancer in certain situations? People who use them all the time for their work or are literally just glued to the phone all the time. Is that a possibility? Another one, is it really desperately necessary to put your phone into flight mode on aeroplanes? Now, that is something that the airlines do insist on and I'm not suggesting that you don't do that but whether there's actually any real safety issue from people having their phones on on a plane is questionable another thing we're told not to do is to have our phones on when we're using petrol pumps so I just thought I'd just go over those three areas in light of the latest thinking as far as brain cancer is concerned according to the best available evidence and information to date there is no evidence to suggest that mobile phones cause brain cancer and i'm quoting from ken carapidis from the australian radiation protection and nuclear safety agency he says there is no established evidence that the radiation from mobile phones causes brain cancer or any other health effects there are studies that have linked heavy mobile phone use in certain brain tumours, but their evidence is far from conclusive, according to Dr. Karapetis. We're going to have to wait. There is a big study being carried out over in Europe. It's called COSMOS, and it's tracking the phone use and health records of hundreds of thousands of people in the UK and Europe for the next 20 to 30 years to look for any evidence of health effects. As you heard in that podcast, it took decades for the effects of the Hiroshima and Nagasaki nuclear blasts to show up in, in brain tumours in the Japanese and that was after a very, very heavy dosage, a heavy concentrated dosage of radiation. So it's a long-term study. The Cosmos study is a long-term one because we need to be looking long-term. We're not going to see evidence on a short-term basis. But as I said, as far as the mainstream thinking is concerned at the moment, there is no risk of developing brain cancer from using a smartphone or cellular phone. Now, flight mode. We turn off our phones when we're on planes because that's what we're instructed to do. I guess there's a suggestion that it might interfere with the electronics of a plane. According to the Australian Mobile Telecommunications Association, it's very unlikely that that's going to happen. Chief Executive Chris 
Althaus says that there is no substantiated proof mobile phones can interfere with aircraft systems from within the passenger cabin. Although incidents are regularly reported by air crew, these anecdotal reports have not been confirmed as phone-related. Now, studies by Boeing, the big aircraft manufacturer, and the U.S. Federal Aviation Authority have failed to confirm a link between mobile phone use and any of the many aircraft incidents reported. So it doesn't seem to be that much of an issue there. Some airlines these days, including Emirates and Swiss Air, get around the problem of your phone possibly interfering with base stations on the ground. So not so much an issue with the plane itself, but there is a possibility if you're flying above that uh, maybe there's an effect on the ground stations. Well, airlines like Emirates and Swiss actually allow in-flight phone calls. It apparently cost you quite a bit, but they've they've got the uh, the cellular node, so to speak, on board the plane. And, and increasingly, Wi-Fi is being offered, so you can make a VoIP call anyway using Wi-Fi if it's not actually a strictly cellular connection from a plane. And that is getting more and more common to be able to access Wi-Fi on planes. There have been some examples reported of where some of the electronic systems on a plane were being deliberately interfered with by people on board who were accessing it through the Wi-Fi systems and through the infotainment systems that planes have. Now, I believe these sort of loopholes have been closed down now. They've added some security there. But there were some so-called white hat hackers who were acting in the best interests of uh, the public and the airlines by actually showing that these vulnerabilities existed in the past. Finally, would phones make a difference or could they cause a fire near petrol pumps? Now, this has been around for well over 10 or 15 years. It is suggested that somehow a phone might trigger the fuel vapours that are present when you're filling up your car from the Bowser. Uh, Again, this is considered to be extremely unlikely. Apparently, it's not enough for the safety people to say that these are intrinsically safe and that they're unlikely to cause any issue. They are obviously very concerned about safety, as they are on planes as well. And so if you can't guarantee something is 100% safe and there's a 100% chance of no interference, say, in a plane's electronics or the chance of a phone setting off petrol fumes at a petrol station, then the safest thing is just to not allow it. And, And that's the reason why they do that. There are other things that are sacrificed by using smartphones. We've talked about a lot on the program. I probably don't need to go into too much detail now, but we obviously do sacrifice a lot of privacy by using our smartphones because of things like Google Maps, which can track our movements, Facebook, which we put a lot of information on voluntarily, but then that can be tapped into by advertisers to target advertising. Not to mention the effect that too much phone using can have on kids, just on their eyes and on their attention spans and their ability to do homework that they might be being supposed to do instead of playing games on mum or dad's phone or on an iPad, which they may have got their hands on. We have got a podcast from August this year called Raising Tech Safe Kids. So that's another one you might want to listen to in addition to Is Wi-Fi Frying Your Brain? Both on our website, beyondinfinity.com.au. Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestion for future shows.